Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. I cannot get through this intro. My allergies are upon us. Welcome to spring. And I cannot breathe through my nose. So this has been a very, a very trying experience trying to (laughs) record this, but bear with me. I don't know about you, but I am so exhausted by reading about listening to anything that has to do with the coronavirus right now. It's just draining all of my energy. So My promise to you is that this space is going to be anything but that. This can be a safe space where you don't have to hear anything about the coronavirus. And my guest today is the perfect woman to shine some light into your life. Three things I want to share with you before we get to her. One is I am the mom of a one-year-old. We celebrated her birthday this past week and it was a really beautiful day. We were all together as a family, which is what I wished for for so long. I thought it was maybe going to be a snowstorm that Mother Nature would gift me, but uh, life had other plans and we were all together and that was the most important part. We watched Frozen 2 and I cried through the whole thing and then we live streamed her eating a cupcake, which she thought was disgusting for all of our friends and family to watch. but. The most important thing I wanted to say is for those of you who've been here since the beginning, I recorded my first podcast episode when I was just four weeks postpartum. So you've been here for most of my motherhood journey and now this is episode 60. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for validating that we can be mindful and we can be spiritual and we can be moms. And I don't know where I would be without you and without your empowering words, without your wisdom and without your unconditional love. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. The second thing I wanted to share with you is that starting in April, which is just a few days away, Our collective, which is our inner work membership, is making some huge changes. And I have been counting down the days for this to happen because I know when it does, it's just going to be such a big energy shift for me, for the way we support you, for our community in general. And that is that starting in April, we are bringing in guest educators each month. So picture those spiritual or mindfulness workshops that you've always wanted to go to, but can't go to now because we, uh, you know, social distancing, (laughs) but 
that is going to be within our membership. So each month we're going to gather around a certain theme that a new inspiring mama is going to teach us about. So April is about wisdom, abundance, prosperity. So we're doing a lot of wealth activation, removing prosperity blocks, a lot of visualization. Another thing that we are adding to the collective is group healing sessions. So we're all going to gather once a month virtually and take part in a group healing ceremony or a goddess circle, whatever you want to call it. And we are going to heal a little bit together because who doesn't need some more healing vibes in their life. We are starting to host workshops. Of course, now we are moving them online virtually uh, because I'm not sure when the whole in-person thing is going to happen again. And see, I know I, I promised I wouldn't talk about coronavirus, but it kind of infiltrates every part of our life. But so we are moving all those workshops online and we are working on getting those up and ready. But the thing about the collective is if you are a member, you get to attend all of those workshops for free, plus our monthly lessons, plus our resource library of guided meditations and workbooks and video. So you get so much for such uh for less than a cost of one yoga class. So if you're looking for more ways to go inward, dive into your mindful and spiritual practice, I highly recommend checking out the Enlightened Hood Collective. You can find it at enlightenedhood.com backslash membership. And the third thing that I wanted to share with you is that we are launching a huge project on April 8th. It is a global anthology of mindful and spiritual motherhood stories, which is kind of what this podcast does, but we're starting a whole new podcast that is strictly just story based. And I have interviewed some amazing women for it. And it goes back to how Enlightened had started of me just asking other moms, how are you doing it? What are you doing it? Tell me everything because I need to feel less alone. I need validation. I need an accountability partner. And it goes back to the idea that when we can share our stories and be vulnerable, we can help others heal and we can help uplift others. So Soul Lift, our global anthology launching April 8th. If you are interested in sharing your story, please add it to our collection. You can go to our Instagram bio and click the share story link, or you can go to our website enlightenedhood.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit share your story. The form is a little wonky right now. I have no idea what's going on. It still works though. I'm working on fixing it. It's on my to-do list for the week, but I promise it still <laughs> works. Anyway, let's get to the goods. Just to preface a little bit about my guest today, my guest Amanda is an Enlightenedhood OG member. She has been there since the very beginning. She was one of the first women to share her story with me to post on the original Enlightenedhood.com. And a very long time ago, I asked her if she wanted to be on this podcast. And she said yes. And then life happened. And then she reached back out and said, okay, I'm ready. Something happened and I'm ready. I'm finally ready now. So that's where our conversation starts. But just to give you a little more information about Amanda is Amanda has many roles, including being a mother of three, an executive at a Fortune 5 company, a philanthropist, a creative, and a lover of all things financial literacy. 
Her passion for serving in the community and social services started at a very young age when she held roles as a life coach for re-entry programs for inmates who were integrating back into society. That is where the spark and the love of coaching individuals in financial literacy was born. Throughout the years, she has built up her experiences, building curriculum for agencies such as the YWCA and United Way. She's currently managing a small business and there are plans in the very near future to expand to coaching offerings. And I just want to say she is such a light and has just such an amazing gift to connect. And I hope you feel it through listening to this podcast because like I said at the beginning, we all need some light right now and I promise to give you that. So without further ado, here's Amanda. So let's start there. What happened? What was that breaking point? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things is, as I mentioned to you, is I'm a multifaceted individual. You know, I, by day, I work for a fortune five company, which, um, By the grace of God, I've had, uh, I've been very fortunate in the opportunities that I have been afforded to me, but that doesn't come as a result of sitting and looking pretty. It's been a ton of hard work to get to where I am. And even still, it's an even more, it's more of an uphill battle because not only am I a woman in a man's world, but I'm young, I'm Latina and I'm vocal. You know, I have no fear. I'm very fearless in, in the pursuit of what I know is right and what I believe should be done. And I'm relentless. So by day, that's what I spend my time doing um, in a strategic planning capacity. So that's a very demanding role. It's really a 24 hour job. I kid you not. It's um, I always joke that my laptop and my work cell phone are like the anchors on my feet. And it's not a, a pretty thing. You know, a lot of people would kill to be in a position like this. But I think over the last few years, I've really just come to the realization that I want to do what makes me happy. And it sounds so cliche, um, but coming from a place of where I used to work in the community and make an impact, a real tangible impact on folks, I miss doing that. And I share concepts with people who are very close to me, Um, you know, just in, in girls' nights and having wine and catching up. And I always travel with a journal. Um, I'm a journal junkie. And one of my, uh, this one, I call it my baby. This is, this was a gift, um, of a journal and literally my life is on these pages, you know, ideas, plans, goals, um, concepts, um, probably some of my darkest writings, you know, I travel a lot. So what I mean by that is I, I pour my heart into this. Um, you know, I reflect a lot. I find that that's a huge outlet for me. And I shared a concept with someone who I love um, deeply and the individual ran with my concept. Mm. They actually took this concept and created um, a business out of it very rapidly, uh, which, you know, to this day is still something, it's pretty fresh, but still to this day is something that hurts deeply because the individual didn't, necessarily take the accountability for stealing the idea Mm -hmm. um you know it's uh it's still a heartbreak because it's not only just my baby really it's a a concept that I have nurtured over several years and really have sat on so shame on me for sitting on my dreams but for someone that you love to do that is hurts deeply and it's you know a betrayal that I don't know you could ever come back from, you know, I don't associate with this individual any longer, unfortunately. And I wish 
this person the best of luck in the future. But, you know, we were talking earlier about you really get a chance to understand people's true motives and the masks come off and who's a real part of your village. And the crazy thing about it is the few friends that I do have that have been lifelong friends were not surprised, you know. Their, their comments back to me were, well, that person has always, you know, watched you from the sideline or envied you or I don't give into that energy. You know, I've always seen the best in people. And that's kind of how this, I call it my awakening, right? Because you can be such a great person or a good human and see the best in people and be blind to people's true intentions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit, I mean, when we were talking before that you had this huge shift and you were finally ready to speak your truth. Was this blow to the heart, that kind of catalyst of all of that? Oh my goodness, Lena, was it ever? I mean, I think I cried for probably two weeks straight. I wow. had to get it out of my system because more than anything, it was, it was a friendship that I adored, you know, someone who I truly loved. Um, but you know, again, I keep saying shame on me. I know I shouldn't take accountability for someone else's actions, but it's oftentimes we sit on our dreams and then other people who have no skin in the game, just, you know, run with things that they may or may not have ever really birthed out of their own, you know, curiosity or their own true creative mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part that hurts the most is I've always wanted to open a nonprofit. I've always wanted to really spend my time um, helping individuals with financial literacy and coaching as cliche as it is. I used to coach almost 20 years ago. That was an actual title back in the day where in the community, you were an employment coach, a life skills coach. And it wasn't um, something, it wasn't a buzzword. It was a true, an actual job out in the community setting. And that's what I'm probably most disappointed by is that I didn't, I didn't take a risk on myself. You know, I didn't take the leap. I think it's important what you said too, is that even though someone else birthed your idea that it didn't come from this deep rooted place of heart and passion and true intention, where it was almost birthed from a place of malice, almost not, but you know, like taking your idea almost to do it first. So I'm curious to see it being birthed from that place, what actually happens, because we know when we put our true heart and authenticity into something, that's what really matches the vibration of letting it grow. Amen to that. I'm curious to to see what will happen when something (laughs) (laughs) is birthed out of that kind of intention. Um, Because something similar happened to us recently where there was someone who was starting to copy what we were doing. And I just feel like a lot of times, like you said, that your friend said they were watching you from the sideline, that it's always birthed out of a place of something within that person that needs healing and something that's triggering them. And if we can look at it from that place of love, even though it hurts really bad that it, I mean, that's all we can really do. That's exactly it. And I think that's what brought me over the hump, right? Over the peak was you cannot control other people's actions. And, you know, another one of my friends who I adore her deeply just looked at me and said, if I see you cry about this one more time, and she said, whatever you do, it shines through and it shines through in a way where people just gravitate, Mm -hmm. you know, and it could be on a subway, it could be on a plane, it could be, you know, at a bar of an airport, it could be 
any, you could just be walking your dog and you stop and interact with someone for just a few minutes. And two seconds later, they're telling you their entire life story, the good, the bad, the ugly. You just have that in you. And I joke about that. My husband always laughs. He's like, why do you always talk to all these people and strangers? Um, you know, and it's funny because when you are who you are, what's meant for you. And I say this, and this has been my slogan, favorite quote forever will always be what's meant for you will be for you. And that may have happened, but I think that that was a teachable moment. And the lesson in that I'm what I'm finding just based on reflection and giving it time to really sit is that, you know, you just have to act on your desires on your dreams. You cannot, um, put them to the wayside. You can't keep them inside of a journal and expect for them to magically just happen, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I'm walking away. This is a teachable moment. This is what I'm walking away, you know, with this lesson, this is what the gift has been. Yeah. And what a beautiful gift that is, because I think a lot of times we wait for someone to give us permission to do something, or we wait for that perfect moment where we think everything's going to be aligned. And then I know for me, I, I had this, I not necessarily, it, it wasn't this full idea of what enlightenment would become, but I knew I needed to go in that direction. And I, I dragged my heels for so long because I think a lot of us are recovering perfectionists yes. who, who, who want the first time that we show up in a certain way to be perfect, but it, it's never good. Oh my God. Perfectionist. Yeah, no, I get it. That's like a synonymous with being a Virgo for me. That's what I, I'm like, Oh God, I just need to let it go. And it's okay. If it's not perfect, just let it go and move on. You know? So let's go back to the beginning, because from what I know about you, you were introduced to mindfulness and self-care at a very young age because of your mother. So tell me about that. (laughs) Yeah, for me, you know, mindfulness, we've always grown up in the school. My mom was a single mom of three. She is and will always be my hero. You know, I always say if I grow up to be half the woman that my mom is, that in and of itself is an honor. Um, she is wonder woman times a million. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure everyone thinks that of their mom, but you know, I'm, I'm in awe, I'm in awe of her strength and growing up, I didn't know we were poor. I had no idea we were poor, Dina. My mom was a single mom and I have no idea how she was able to do what she did with the salary she did at, at that age. You know, we came over from Puerto Rico. She had us very young. Um, which was the, the beginning of the battle, right? But she, she, like I said, is, is relentless and always wanted more for herself. And when we came over from Puerto Rico, she, you know, worked and she went to school. You know, we were three little ones, very close in age. And I never saw my mom cry. I never saw her stressed. She never lashed out on any of us. She protected us in such a way where, again, I didn't know we were poor. I didn't know the struggles she was facing behind the scenes. All I would remember is every Sunday, it was her day. And as a young girl, I would always ask myself, well, why does my mom lock lock herself up in the room? And, you know, as we got older, she would explain, this is my time. This is my time for me to just be with me, read books, you know, do my manicures. Cause this was her way of taking care of herself. You know, she couldn't go to a nail salon, you know, she couldn't go to a restaurant or a cute little coffee shop, even though that wasn't a thing back then, but 
that was her, her time, you know? And growing up, I will never forget. I was 20 when I had my son, two weeks shy of turning 21. So I also had kids pretty young, very young, actually. And, you know, for the first couple of weeks, their dad was with me. Um, well, he, well, it wasn't a them then, it was just one, but he was with me for the first two weeks, which was amazing. He was very hands-on. He uh, basically, you know, raised his two baby nephews. So he had all the experience. We hadn't had babies in my family for a while. So the first day that he had to go back to work, I was alone. And this beautiful baby just started crying and would not stop. And I will never forget, Lena, I changed his diaper. I burped him. I fed him. I had a panic attack. And I literally locked myself in the bathroom, started crying, called my mom. And I told her that I'm going to break down if someone doesn't come and rescue me because I don't think I'm fit to be a mom. (laughs) It's the first day, the first few hours, and this kid is already, you know, (laughs) losing his mind. I'm not supposed to be a mom. Yeah. And so my mom came over, of course, right away. She was only a couple towns over at work and she came in and she looked at me and she banged on the bathroom door and she said, if you don't get your ass out of that bathroom and I will never forget, I was terrified. Here I am a mom, terrified of my mom. She comes out and she goes, you need to cut the shit. That's her favorite slogan. She says, you need to cut the shit. You're a mom now. There's no time for any of this. You need to be strong. You are going to be fine. And she literally just picked the baby up, burped him a couple times, changed his diaper, and that was that. I said, but he didn't do that with me. He didn't do that with me. I don't think I can be a mom. And she's like, no, you just need to cut it out. She says, he can feel your weakness. You're being (laughs) weak. You got to cut it out. (laughs) I looked at her and I just, I cut it out. Like literally something inside of me snapped. And I looked at this woman and I said, she did it with three all by herself. And here I am with my mom their dad, my mother-in-law, my sister, my brother, like a village. And I'm being such a wuss. What's going on? So, you know, I, I look at her and I think of, you know, the way she brought us up in it. That's when it came back to me. That was the moment that it also came back to me to say, there's no time for, you know, reaping in anything or, or um, you know, being sad about anything. You, you're a mom. You have to have the strength of the world. And it's not about you anymore. It's about this beautiful baby you know? And I went back to the self-care days. And I've, I, in that moment, I will never forget. You know, I remember promising myself that I would be just as strong as she was, but I would also nurture myself because I could feel that I was a young mom. Um, you know, my friends were still at school. My world changed, you know, granted those were happy times, but it was an evolution for me as a young woman too, to realize that I'm now responsible for this child. I'm a child, my, I'm, I'm a kid, you know, I'm a youngin, you know? So that was, that was also another moment where I had an awakening and I went back to just, I've got to ground myself. I've got to remind myself that I need to take the time so that I can be a hundred percent for my beautiful baby. I've got to remind myself that I've got to anchor my thoughts and that I have to be strong. There is no alternative. I have to cut the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did having that example from your mom remove the mom guilt from self-care? It did. It did. I think one of the most beautiful things that I still thank my mom for every every chance I get is it, what she taught us was that if you don't take care of yourself, 
nothing is going to be okay. Whether it's you, your home, your relationship, your children, work, you have to be whole in order for everything else to work. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes and something that I have up on the door of my home office in a, in a glass frame is a quote that I found at a cute little shop in San Francisco. And it was something that my mom always used to say to us. So the quote is, I believe that being successful means having a balance of success stories across your life, right? Mm. Many across the many areas of your life. You can't truly be considered successful in your business life if your home life is in shambles. And my mom always used to say that to us. So I found this little quote card and she would always say to us, you can't be a kick-ass executive if you are, your, your kids are not well, if your relationship is not well. And if you're not happy in your relationship, then you cut it off. Because at the end of the day, everything about you and, and how you manage your life will then be put out into the universe and also more importantly, absorbed by your children. Mm-hmm. They can pick up on anything, including your happiness, your sorrow, your triumphs, you know, your, your, you know, lessons. They pick up on every single thing. What did that mindfulness practice for you and the grounding look like as you got further into motherhood, you add in more kids to your family, you're, (laughs) you're growing your career, but how did you stay grounded in all of that? You know, I will tell you that, um, for me, being spiritually connected may look very different than it does for anyone else, right? Because we all have our own version of what spirituality means to us. And Mm -hmm. for me, meditation has always been key. And I can meditate at my desk. I can meditate while taking a shower, before bed, when I wake up, that's the key moment for me waking up and, you know, just having a moment of reflection and, and, Self positive self talk and affirmations is key because you know running so many different facets of my life are taxing in many different ways, right? So I need to always make sure that in the morning I kick it off positively. But for me, as I progress in in my journey of motherhood, being able to take time out for me and to your earlier point, not feeling guilty about it was so crucial. And I, you know, thankfully that example was passed down by my mom. But I will share with you, Lena, that the difference is growing up, she was the commander in chief. There was no other, you know, other higher ranking person in our home. She was everything. She was a CEO, COO. All she had to do was give you a look and you could not, you know, appeal anything. Like that was it. She was the law. (laughs) (laughs) So growing up, we didn't have what most, some kids have today where they have you know, a mom and a dad. So they have a little bit of balance between where they can try to play both roles. And, you know, if mom said no, then dad will say yes and vice versa, no. And I think, you know, part of my motherhood journey has also been enlightening for her in many ways where she's watching her children interact with partners and part of that raising their children together you know, whether you're married or not married, you're still having to partner with your, your kid's father or your kid's mother to, to make decisions for your children. 
Right. And that's also been very enlightening for us because sometimes, you know, the, the advice that we get is, well, you're in charge of this and you've got to do this. And, you know, ultimately it all starts and ends with you. But in reality, it doesn't. Not when you are actively co-parenting. Mm-hmm. There's two pieces to the puzzle. So that's also been another facet that, you know, I've got to take time for me and always ground myself. But I've always got to make sure that everyone's cup is full. The kids, their dad, you know, I think for me, that's just such a priority and honoring one another. You know, it's so important for the kids to see that, you know, for me being mindful and my spiritual journey has always been, you know, their dad is a rock star and the kids see the amount of respect and appreciation we have for each other. And no matter what life brings, that's what they're going to always remember is, you know, mom respected and, and loved and honored our dad in this way. And in turn, that's what he did too. And that for me in and of itself is peaceful. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a gift because I didn't have that growing up. That's such a gift. And it's so true that we are the ones who create the foundation and having that really important exchange of energy, no matter what it looks like, is such an one of the biggest things that we can give our kids, whether it's the way we relate to someone else, our partner, ourselves, even just someone we're holding the door open for, or, you know, and I think in this world that we live in, where so much of it is just fast paced and analytical and social media and phones, we tend to forget that where we put our energy is more important for our kids. So I'm so happy that you said that because it's so important that we're setting that type of example for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. I think it's, you know, you have to be intentional because as an adult, it's, um, we, we have feelings, we go through our roller coasters. You know, there are days where, where we are in awe of, whether it be it your career, your relationship, whatever it is. But then you have days where you need a rock to, to rely on or, you know, you need to gather strength from somewhere else in order to fill your cup. And I think we just have to be intentional, right? Because mm-hmm. to, to your point, in today's world where everything is so self-serving, you know, everything is about me, me, me. And to your point, social media and examples that are out there and, Politically, what's happening around us, there's just so much that kids are exposed to that at home, if they're, you know, if those examples somehow spill over into the home world, I think that's where as a parent, we lose the battle. You know, I think you just have to be intentional. And that for me is what keeps me grounded, what keeps me mindful and something that I do with the kids. You know, we, we talk a lot about you know, how, how we talk to ourselves and how the power of words, that's a big thing here at home. And, you know, I have got a 10, a 13 year old, and my oldest will be 15 in a few months. And, you know, I talk to them all the time, whether it's something as simple as, you know, they're, they're, they got a, you know, not the best score on a test. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, well, let's talk about that comment and the power of your words. Um, you know, or, and, they don't see it now, just like we didn't see it as kids when our parents tried, you know, try to teach that. But, you know, I, I instill that. And I am, they say, mom, you go crazy beast when we talk about words because, and I say, well, you have to, because at the end of the day, what you say is put out there into the universe and it becomes a belief more than anything. And then your beliefs become reality 
more than anything. And, you know, I, I, I keep saying to myself, one day it'll click, but it, it ultimately will click when they get older. But I emphasize that, you know, you've got to ground yourself. And I do try to lead by example when I take time for me. And, you know, I work, uh, um, as I mentioned, I travel a lot for work. So when I'm home, it's just quality time, quality time with the kids. And, you know, no matter how silly the, the, the activity is or whatever, I try to just make sure that they understand that everything that's being done is being done for us and being intentional you know, about how we spend our time together. One question I have is, as someone who travels a lot, you're around a lot of different types of energy. You have to go through a lot of <laughs> transportation modes, which is very stressful for me. I hate, tra- <laughs> not that I hate traveling, but I think that when you do it a lot and it's so much go, 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 that it can tend to be draining. So how do you keep that intention and that balance when you're traveling so much? And then in order not to be completely drained when you come home and want to have that quality time? That's a really good question. I'm, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people have their, their preference in terms of travel and not travel. And uh, how can I say it? My you know, it may sound crazy, but you might even see this in, you know, in some of my Instagram posts or stories being on, there's something about being on a plane that brings a tremendous amount of peace Hmm. to me. Um, with the exception of my most recent flight where I literally thought I was going to die. No, Lena, it was, it was a mess. I even texted the kids at like midnight and I'm like, please just call me. I love you with all my heart. Don't ever forget that. I literally thought I was going to die on this plane. It was just a couple of weeks ago and I haven't traveled since I canceled a couple of flights because that was traumatic in and of itself. But oh aside gosh. from that, <laughs> aside from that, um, you know, being on a plane, there's something about just unplugging, right? Because when you're on, on the ground, if I'm in a train subway, if I'm in an Uber, if I'm in a cab to the city, whatever it is, people can still get a hold of me, whether it's by call, by email, by text. So there is no disconnecting, but when I'm on a plane, uh, granted, I can still hook up via Wi-Fi, which I do so that I can text with the kids while I'm on the plane. But for the most part, I do not do work. That's my number one rule. When I'm on a plane, I don't care how long the flight is and I don't care what's going on. I don't do work. That's my me time. Um, and that's been another way where I've been able to selfishly take time for me where it wasn't taking away from the kids in other ways. And you know, when I think of what I do on the plane is I, I journal a ton. I listen to my podcasts. Um, and I just sit there. Sometimes I just sit there staring out of the window and truly just reflect. And that for me is the best way for me to release, you know, um, anything that's going on or weighing me down. Um, and of course I talk, you know, if, if there's someone next to me and we engage in conversation, you know, I love talking to, to old people. You know, I do. That's one of my favorite things to do in life. And, you know, a couple of flights ago, there was a, he was 82 and he was an Italian, a little Italian old man. And he, we just started having conversation. And I, by the end of the the flight, I wanted just to bring him home and just say, (laughs) guys, this is your new grandpa. <laughs> and but you just learn so much, and I think that exchange of energy for me is what really fuels me. Um, I am a people person. It is very um, for me. I get energy from exchanging, con- you know, in conversations or just interactions. I love being around people, but I'm also, you know, my family jokes because 
past couple of years have, you know, there's been so many different things that have happened. I've relocated to a new state. You know, we've got, you know, personally, I've got so much going on that for me, the grounding and the anchor has been being able to have these interactions with different people. And my family jokes because they say, you know, within two seconds of meeting someone who they are. And what they mean by that is, I can tell you right away if someone's full of shit, if someone has bad intentions, someone's creepy, you know, like there, there's just something about someone's eyes that knock on wood since being a, a little kid, I've always had, and I've always had a gut feeling about people and knock on wood, it has not steered me wrong. And I pray that my kids, you know, have that type of um, sixth sense where they can really read people in that way. But I, I love listening to people's stories because at the end of the day, people are beautiful and everyone has a story. Everyone has had their um, tribulations, have overcome them. And I mean, on the plane talking to, his name was Dave. We were taught the little 82 year old, you know, he told me his whole life story and how he used to travel and how his wife died a few months before and they were together for 50 years. Like we cried, we laughed, we cried more. And then I showed him pictures of my kids and he's like, you're an old school mom. That's so good. You know, you know, like we just, it was after coming off of that plane, I felt like I was on cloud 29, you know, and I gave him a hug afterwards. And it's just like, there are so many good people out there. That's how I get my energy. And I just focus. I'm intentional about how I use my time when I am away from the kids and when I'm traveling so that I have enough energy when I do come back to give and receive and be there with them, you know? So interesting you say that because I didn't think about traveling that way, but it's so true because you come into contact with so many people from so many different walks of life who you may yes. have never crossed paths with before, but then can relate on such an intimate level. And what a beautiful thing that is. It's Lena, it's probably, you know, and a lot of people ask me that, why don't you hate traveling for work? Well, I hate being away from my, my beautiful family. I really do. That part never gets old. Like there's no feeling of, you know, this part of it gets any easier, but I think that part of just interacting with so many people and young and old and you know, I can tell you so many stories for my travels. And that's so, for me, it's soul charging, you know, to know that we can be completely different and complete opposite in so many ways, but you have faced, you know, you've gone through your journey of love. You've faced heartbreak. You've faced, you know, balancing work with raising a family. Like there are so many chats and people, if you listen closely enough, they let their guard down and in a healthy and trust trusting way, you know, when they feel the connection between another person, people just talk and are themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think like we were talking about before, it's so easy to put up that barrier of don't talk to me. I want nothing to do with you with our phones and our <laughs> headphones and our like, even pretending to be on phone. So we don't have to talk to someone, yes. <laughs> which I am guilty of, but yeah, it's yeah. just funny that not funny, but it's just so heartwarming to know that what a beautiful connection we can have with others if we just put down our phones and, li <laughs> and listen. <laughs> yes. Unless you feel the negative energy, then I would say, take your phone yeah. out all day yeah. long. <laughs> yes. I, I think that's maybe my problem. I'm just around and maybe just a, a lot of the 
times it's when I'm in New York City and I think it's just the stress and the hustle and the bustle of people who are just, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Have you ever watched the movie Timothy Green? No. Okay. It's such a cute story, but um, it's a kid's movie, but it long and short of it is it's a kid who appears out of nowhere into a home of two parents who can't have kids and there's something very special about him. And you know, t- time goes on and they find out that he is very special. He is not of this earth. And the cute thing about him is he gets his energy from the sun. So a lot of times in the movie, you'll see him standing out in the middle of a field, like holding his head up and his arms wide open and just getting all his energy from the sun. And I always, I always joke. And some of my girls say, you're like Timothy Green, because I get my energy from people. And New York City, as an example, for me, you know, a lot of people are that way, like the anxiety and the the noises and the smells and whatever it is. For me, that is, I mean, I could just sit in the middle of the city and feel like I'm the only one there, but I get my energy from the conversations with the drivers, from the coffee shop people, you know, and it, it's crazy. I love, I love, love, love that kind of energy. And it's almost like that energy gives you that protection barrier, like that beam of light that protects you from all the the possible negative sources. Yeah, yeah. No, it that absolutely is. And I feel like if you're fully charged, then you can then in turn give that to someone else, you know? And and you just don't know what people go through, you know. I've I I've just had so many great experiences and, and talking and coming across people in my travels where some of them are very enlightening stories and others are just very sad stories. You know, one time I was on a plane and someone was going home because her brother had just died. She started crying, you know, well, she sat next to me and we were fine. And we, you know, I looked at her and I said, look, I have a trick. Let's try to see if we can get this last seat so that no one can take it. And then you and I have a whole bunch of space and we won't be cramped. And she started laughing and she looked at me and she goes, okay, but in her eyes, I can see sorrow. And, you know, we tried it, but it didn't work. And then a little old lady came and sat and we were fine with that. The little old lady was awesome. But, you know, like maybe 15 minutes into the flight, she was like, you know, you seem very nice. And we just started talking and like two seconds later, tears started coming down. And I looked at her and I I said, what's the matter? And, you know, I said, you don't have to tell me anything, but I said, do you need anything? And she looked at me and she was, well, I'm going back home. And she shared her story and we just talked for like the three hours straight. And I tried so hard to hold back the tears. And then we just started talking about life and grief and getting over grief. And how do you cope with that? And especially if it's unexpected and the little old lady next to us, like was quiet the entire flight. When we were getting off, she looked at me and she goes, you both are so beautiful inside and out. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then we all three started crying and everyone's like, what the heck's going on on this plane? (laughs) What a beautiful gift you have though, because then just think about the way you've touched so many people's lives without even really knowing it. And just then the beautiful ripple effect that they then bring to the next person. And well, thank you for that. I think that that's a huge compliment. It's just, I think it's just conversation, conversation, and just letting your guard down, you know, I think it's so easy for us to hold everything in and and just go on and just, you know, we're not meant to be robots and, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I'm an empath. I, I feel that deeply. I feel people's happiness. I feel people's pain, but I, people just need to talk and get shit off their chest, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes we use being an empath 
as an excuse for putting up a wall and a barrier. Mm -hmm. And we use it as a way to say, I'm an empath. Don't get too close because I don't want to feel what you're feeling. But you turning that and being that safe space for them and listening to them is just, just so beautiful. And I'm just so happy to know you. So tell me about what is on your spiritual bucket list. Oh my God. So for as long as I can remember, first I thought, um, I, I swear that I was Italian in another life. This, I swear. <laughs> I know it. I'm sure of it. I don't know what my name was, maybe like Antonella or something like that. Who knows? But I feel this in my soul. So I have always wanted to go to Italy Mm. and, you know, spend a few months there, not just go and do Rome and Venice and all the great touristy places, which are beautiful, historic, and have so much value. But I, I want to actually go and spend time exploring the countryside, exploring the off the beaten path, little towns that have some are rich in history. And, you know, for me, spiritually, I think that I I don't know why, but that has always been, I mean, again, for as long as I can remember, Lena, something that I've wanted to do. And last year, I was actually going to do that for my birthday, for my 35th birthday. And stuff happened and I had to put it to the side. Um, but I did promise myself that this year that was going to happen. I don't know that I can do it for two months, but I definitely at least want to get there for a couple of weeks and just take it in. And I know I shared that with you that I get my energy from people, but also just being in beautiful places. You know, one of my beautiful friends who's a gorgeous soul and I adore him so much, John, you know, we've traveled together maybe once or twice and we were in Phoenix. Um, one time and we were at the Grand Canyon and I will never forget standing there. And I just started bawling and he looked at me and he's like, what the heck's wrong with you, boo? And I'm like, John, like, look at this, you know, we're standing in the middle of this amazing, beautiful wonder, you know, and, and people don't get to see this, you know, I, I, especially people where I come from, like who I am, my background, I never thought I'd be standing here. Um, And when I say my background and stuff is, you know, like I said, my mom was a very young mom from Puerto Rico. We lived, lived in a very tiny shed. She was a kid raising three babies. And here we are, you know, so it's those opportunities. I never take them for granted. And for me, traveling is a beautiful thing that I've always wanted to do. I haven't been able to do enough of it on a personal level as I would love to. So that's really what's on my spiritual list is, you know, getting closer to just the beauty of nature and exploring the greatness out there, you know, in terms of the different places that you can go and the the energy that's in these beautiful places, because we were, um, as part of our Phoenix trip, we did spend time in the Red Rocks and it was the most beautiful, beautiful cabin And it was one of the areas where there was, um, they call it a vortex, but you can feel the energy all around you. And I'm a huge believer in that. I do believe that there's energy everywhere you go, people, places, things. And that was another moment where John was like, okay, well, you've got to stop this crying nonsense. I'm like, no, because I'm letting it, I'm taking it in. I'm taking it in. Um, but I just think that's so beautiful. So my, my bucket list is definitely going to Europe, to Italy more specifically, and 
to the country, you know, in different parts of Italy where it's more country-based than anything. And just sitting with people and talking and eating and absorbing all of that greatness. I think that that's what would truly make me happy. And it's just connecting to what your soul is calling you to do, which just makes me think that you're going to find a lot of magic there. Oh my God, Lena, I, I hope, you know, one could only hope I, um, you know, people joke, they always say, okay, you go off to Italy, you're going to fall in love and you're going to end up just staying there. You're never going to come back. And, and I'm like, well, if that's what's in the cards. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, of course, my, my munchkins will have to, you know, love Italy just as much, but... <laughs> Uh, well, Amanda, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. And I, finally. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I, I listen, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, you are a beautiful soul, Lena. And I am so honored to have spent some time with you. And I'm in awe, as I said to you the other day of your journey. And I believe in what you're doing. And I do believe in the candor and the rawness of the messaging that you have behind not just, you know, motherhood, but, you know, what does that mean for us women spiritually? And how do we create, how have you created a village to really help us exchange these ideas and thoughts and things that people don't really talk about at this level. So thank you for your courage and for your tenacity and just getting it done. I'm very proud of you and honored to, you know, call you a friend. And I'm, I cannot wait to see what what comes next? Now you're going to make me cry. My Please goodness. don't. Thank you so much for sending <laughs> you a virtual hug. <laughs> so I like to end this podcast with wise words for anyone listening who might need to pick me up today or just words of encouragement. So what are your wise words to end on? Yeah, I would say if you are feeling called to do something and irrespective of what anyone else might think. If you are feeling called to do something or share a message or just be vulnerable, do it. You know, take the opportunity because that's just the universe letting you know that this is your time and this is this the space for you to do that. So, you know, what's meant for you will always be there for you. It will not pass you and you've got to act on it. Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Thank you.